Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and The Sixth Doctor. Welcome to the monthly meeting of the Colton Collective Podcast. Ha-ha. Might be a short episode this month. Uh, we're missing some of our regulars due to illness, etc. So our thoughts go out to, uh, I think, Rick Wall's uh, feeling a little under the weather and also uh, Mr. Cuddly Ken. So I hope you guys feel better and uh, hope to see you better soon. Um, unfortunately, Dave is well uh, and here. Hello, Dave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes, uh, sorry about that, folks. And of course, it is uh, both a holiday weekend here in the UK. We are celebrating something very, very important. It's called a bank holiday. Yes, the banks are closed, so we have a holiday. But uh, I believe it's Memorial Day in the United States. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, for once, they found something better to do with their Sundays than come on live. But one person who's, well, actually two, one one under the cone and one above the cone. So I'll leave that little job to you, Ian. Okay. I'm good at little jobs. <laughs> All right. Joining us on audio, actually, this is a bit of a celebration in itself. Back on audio, Mr. Randall Thor is back. Hello, Mike. I'm fair. I'm fair. Hello. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Let's see. Let Which is the, uh, this is the unmute button. Yes, I'm back on audio. Hello, everyone. And that. happy 20th to Doctor Who the movie, I should say. We should have had a drum roll. Yes, we've got no content. Yeah, we've got no content today, so we'll put the silly bits in. (laughs) (laughs) Spoon. Oh, sorry, it's not trivia night. No. I was about to say, my you've. Ruining the schedule here, Dave. Ah. <laughs> All righty. So, yes, Mike is back, which um, will feature in our news segment. Yes, there'll be news related to that in our news segment. We'll save that for news. How's that? Yeah? Yeah? Not good? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yep. Let's see who's under the cone. If I can find the cone. Oh, here it is. Controls New Agent Training Program, Section 3.5, The Cone of Silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The Portable Cone of Silence. What? What? 
All right, joining us under the cone, Cybob, of course, master of the cone, is here, and he's joined by guest six and guest seven. Only their mothers can tell them apart. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah. So the, the next thing, what do we normally do? See, give us a give us a month off, and we forget how to do this whole bleeding show. <laughs> uh, and I forget where all my sound clips are. Oh, yeah, there's one more person to introduce, and then, of course, it'll be the Typing Monkey, because it's news time. Go, go Typing Monkey, go! Go! go. Oh. <laughs> In uniform. We're substituting for Ken, yes. All right. Well, first up with news is me. And uh, our big news item, it's, it's a big cult of news item, is, of course, we've just... In- introduced uh, Mr. Randall Thor back on audio. Uh, for those of you not in the know, uh, Mike, unfortunately, was not in the position to be on audio an awful lot over the past months, uh, which has meant a break in our uh, Coltham Collective commentary schedule, or schedule, depends on what you prefer. Uh, so, with Mike being back on audio, that means uh, expect the return of the Coltham Collective commentaries soon, Unfortunately, his return comes at a time where I am tied up with a a play. Yes, I'm threading the boards uh, with makeup on, etc., etc. Well, makeup on's not not unusual for me. Anyway, in a regular day. So. Um, but yes, I'm tied up with a play at the moment. But uh, expect our return soon with um, uh, Better Call Saul season two, which uh, unfortunately has been delayed a little bit for us. But we'll get to it. And, uh, yeah, any suggestions you've got for us to do uh, for uh, commentaries? We're willing to take suggestions, as long as they're not involving the death of Dave. <laughs> we, we, we won't entertain those. Well, for money, maybe. <laughs> I've, still yeah. got four, I've still got 430 years to go on my 500-year diary, Ian. I, I know, I know. Well, your second one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so yes, that's the that's the good news, folks. Is is Mike is back, and that means commentaries will be uh, making a return. Uh, we can't promise he'll be on Doctor Who ones. Uh, <laughs> yes, we've got a new that companion. show went off the, the air years still, ago. But still here, so maybe once Muffet disappears, maybe he'll make a return to those. But don't worry, we will have our our regular guest stars. Uh, filling in the gaps for him when, when Doctor Who returns. So, uh, next up with news, it's it's Dave, I believe, or Mike, or or one of the two. Well, let, let, let's get some of the um, the sort of slightly uh, sad things that have uh, happened. Of course, with the, one of the issues about us going monthly is that there's a, a number of uh, news items that build up. Some of which we will will skip over because they were they were sort of. Uh, Three, three or four weeks down the line, uh, but um, uh, there are, as as usual, um, some uh, sad passings. Um, uh, the ones that are perhaps not that well known, uh, unless you're really one of the people that have followed uh, Dot Who either from the start or are have dipped into the the classic uh, back catalogue, but. Um, uh, on Sunday the 22nd of May, and this is from the DoctorWhoNews.net site, uh, Alex Weald uh, passed away. Uh, he's one of the senior camera operators. And um, that's a little bit uh, relative to something that I'm going to be talking about 
a little bit later in the show, but um, um, he worked on at least 159 episodes of Doctor Who, mainly as the senior cameraman, uh, and was later known as the supervisor. Um, he led a team of five or six camera operators during the studio recordings in the early era of uh, Doctor Who. Um, and they worked closely with the director because they they had to sort of map everything out uh, and they were only allowed sort of limited edits with the, the budget. As well as Doctor Who, he worked on programmes such as EastEnders, Last of the Summer Wine, Just Good Friends, The Tripods, brilliant series of the tripods never finished the uh, third part of the, of the third book but brilliant series nonetheless Blackadder, Grange Hill and Fanny by Gaslight uh, so that was um, one of the sad passings that uh, happened and um, slightly uh, off from that but um, a Manchester person born in Manchester but uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce his second name uh, Cato, Ian. Uh, Bert Wook, is it? How is how it's pronounced? Uh, it's, it's like you flounder with the, the pronunciation. Yeah, uh, you do, you do, you do, yeah. Uh, it's um, <laughs> K-W-O-U-K. Uh, famous, of course, for playing Cato in the Pink Panther movies. But uh, born in Manchester, raised in Hong Kong. Uh, eventually graduated uh, uh, in the United States. And... Um, then he returned to the UK in 1954. Uh, on things like The Avengers, The Saints, The Champions, Danger Man, of course, this is cult TV stuff, so um, uh, that's why we, we talk about it. Later appeared in two of the Sean Connery, James Bond, Golfing and You Only Live Twice, and in the independent David Niven won Casino Royale. And um, he was um, in Doctor Who. Uh, he played the Mandarin leader, Lynn Futo, is it, in Four to Doomsday. Um, so there is that uh, connection uh, from that. And there was another sad passing, but um, it seems to have um, unfortunately scrolled off my page for the one moment, but I want to um, just mention it before we go on, so just bear with me a moment as we're joined by a series of... I'm not too sure whether it's one guest, Ian, that's having issues, uh, perhaps using right. a wireless connection, and they're, they're dropping off on the audience coming back in. But um, we've had, um, and it's coming up soon here, any minute there. You see, we're so professional after nearly seven years of doing this. Uh, yeah. But, um, and, yeah, it, I think actually the other one may have been, ah, it's Barry Howard, um, the one that I mentioned twice on the Cotton Collective, Ian, from um, Barry Howard uh, died, yeah, Heidi High died, age 78. But uh, that was we. Our last uh, show that we did was on the 24th of April, and this news was reported on the 29th. Other roles included parts in Terry and June, You Rang My Lord, uh, and he played in the comedy House of Windsor. So uh, that was another sad passing. So we've just. Uh, Covered that. There's been a couple of anniversaries, not least I think one Mike just mentioned prior to us doing the recording that um, we've just passed the 20th anniversary of the uh, TV movie, the Eighth Doctor Paul began story, and uh, uh, that in of itself is um, one of just a, a number of news items. So let me go to some of these Doctor Who ones, and then I'll pause for breath. Um, 
the Doctor Who magazine, still going strong, up to the 500th edition. And this was reported on uh, Saturday the 28th of May. Remember, we did that Mighty 200. Remember, we took about four episodes talking about the um, the most popular Doctor Who podcast, uh, Caves of Androzani, I believe, topped that poll. And if you look right back to the early days of the Cultum Collective, uh, we did, I think it took us four episodes, about nine hours to cover that Mighty 200. Uh, but uh, the Doctor Who magazine is now up to its uh, 500th edition, and uh, uh, it's brilliant that they have uh, kept the continuity doing that. Um, series 9, uh, Series 9 Sonic Screwdriver is going to be released this summer. Um, if you remember, right at the end of um, the final story, not the uh, Christmas one, I think it was, I think it was the part 12 of Series 9, uh, the Doctor gets a, uh, a screwdriver. Sorry, Mike, um, I have to be careful around Mike when we're talking about this topic, but um, the sonic, screw, uh, sonic glasses seem to still be there. Remember, he used those, slight spoiler, in the scene where he's talking to Clara and playing the Clara's theme on the guitar. He uses the glasses to uh, sink into the, the radio that's on the counter. Uh, so... Um, They've not displaced those, but uh, maybe... Um, and um, it's been noted, by the way, that this design is um, a little bit looking like the TARDIS. It's, um, the, the bottom end of it looks like the sort of TARDIS uh, lamp and the, uh, the lit windows. So actually quite a nice design. I think it's rather, rather well done. So um, uh, that is that news. But uh, on to the big news. Um, well... No, perhaps we'll keep the uh, the, the news about the Sixth Doctor returning um, for um, our main little mini cut-down topic about uh, mm. what's happening in Doctor Who at the moment. So, um, just so I can take a break, Mike, did you have some sort of uh, Marvel or movie news before I talk about this uh, James Bond stuff? I did indeed. Not just Marvel, but some Star Trek news as well. I'll go ahead and start with the Marvel, though. Uh, Marvel's uh, latest movie, Captain America: Civil War, opened up has opened up since in America and UK. I think at Europe it was a week before the American release, but it is that was has happened since our last live episode, and the local theater here is still showing Civil War, and the movie is doing phenomenally well. It has already placed as the most anticipated um, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie with website, with ticket sites like Fandango reporting that this has received more advanced ticket sales than any of the previous Marvel movies. Uh, for those keeping track of how the, the, the timeline of the movies is going, uh, there have been phases of these Marvel movies. Phase one ended with, I think... Uh, um, what was it? The first phase ended with what was it? The, the first Avengers movie, and the second phase ended with Ant Man. And here we are, the opening of Phase Three, and our next movie after this is Doctor Strange, opening in November of this year, November fourth, at least in America. Not sure there will probably be a week earlier release uh, in Europe, but um, ticket sales overall. This movie had a budget of let's see, I've got my numbers here. Uh, had a 
but had an opening had a budget of 250 million and it has so far made 1.13 1.1 billion dollars so it's well earned back its its budget for this movie most of that budget has most of the uh, the ticket sales the reception has the box office sales has been overseas with uh was it 372.6 million no actually yeah in 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 the US and 730.7 million in other territories outside the US so Europe and other territories so in terms of overseas just worldwide success of the Marvel movies this is Marvel is still going strong with their movies and uh, of course as i said they're uh, coming up later this year phase 3 rolls on with Doctor Strange starring Benedict Cumberbatch as the titular character which is amusing because uh, Martin Freeman played a minor character in uh, Civil War. So both of our lead characters from Sherlock are now in uh, Marvel, just as they were both in the Hobbit movies and as certain characters. So that's um, that's the Marvel news. Star Trek news, however, uh, CBS has announced uh, scheduling and when they will... F- they've, they've announced details for the new Star Trek series. I'm not sure if they've actually announced a title for it yet, because if so, if they have announced a title for it, it's going to be Star Trek, which seems kind of odd. We already have a TV series called Star Trek. But anyway, several weeks ago, they released a trailer, which showed some CGI of footage of of a planet exploding and then a star with a, with a planet in orbit around it, which finally centered on the logo for the for this new series, which is... A simplified Star Trek logo with the the Starfleet insignia in the background, a vertical line through it. Uh, there was a there were tagline. There's a tagline in this of new 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 crews, new heroes, new villains, new stories, new so on and so forth. No details as to who the characters are, which ship will be on, or any 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 story details. We just have rumors going around about how this will be an anthology series where each season will be a standalone story, which is an interesting approach to a Star Trek series. Uh, having standalone seasons, that, 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 it'll be neat to see how they play that out, that out if that's the direction they're going. But production on, on this new series starts in, was it late summer, I think, uh, in, in, in Vancouver, Canada. I'm Right now, running from memory on on some of these details, so like might be slightly incorrect on these. But production will start here in a, here in a few months on the new the new Star Trek series. So they're on, of course, this will air on CBS's streaming service, their online uh, sort of their their own Netflix or whatever their online streaming service, uh, CBS Go or whatever it's called. The first episode will air on CBS affiliates. Live well, it'll it'll be a stream broadcast on TV, and the rest of the series will be shown on the on this streaming service behind a paywall. So that's how they plan on broadcasting this and uh, distributing the show. It'll be interesting to see what who's cast in this, what kind of story they go with, where they go with this, what what part in the timeline, et cetera, et cetera. But this is all yet to be seen. So that's Marvel and Star Trek news. Okay, okay. Uh, Ian. Do you want to cover that next one? I can. I can try. (laughs) All right. Um, We've had a... uh, Fox has has done a reshuffle uh, on the 2018 Marvel movie release dates. And I'm just going to read this out. Uh, 
that's from ScreenRent.com. Thank you, ScreenRent.com for allowing us to steal your content. <laughs> okay, uh, 2016. Highlight it. Time. Highlight it. Bring viewers to your page. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to make sense of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> start again. Ah, 2016 has been a good year for 20th Century Fox uh, excellent movie franchise and uh, of course Deadpool having become an unexpected box office hit and of course X-Men Apocalypse uh, now on its way to becoming a possible commercial hit I've heard mixed reviews on, on, on Apocalypse but I'm, I'll be there um, although I don't like the I've I've seen the uh, screenshots that they've had of Apocalypse and, and did prefer the 80s 90s cartoon version of Apocalypse looked more like you know he looked in the comics so but I digress uh, next year should be a good year for Marvel Comics uh, property too uh, thanks to of course the impending release of Wolverine three the supposedly final X Men movie that will feature Hugh Jackman in the role. So I don't know how they're ever going to replace Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Uh, it's yeah. be interesting if they ever decide to. Uh, Fox, Fox also has a, a Gambit spin-off movie starring Channing, Channing Tatum. Uh, of course, Deadpool 2. Um, and uh, a new mutant, new, mutants, new mutant spin-off and possibly yet another Brian Singer-led X-Men film. Um, I've... I've it's it's in development. I've heard a couple of things, and here it says involving a space-based uh, storyline. There's also rumors somewhere that I read recently of a uh, of them having another go at the Phoenix storyline, which I hope not because they they just ruined things with the last one. So no, don't 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 touch it again. <laughs> All right, uh, there are two unannounced Marvel X-Men uh, films scheduled for 2018, uh, though their dates have now been reshuffled as part of Fox's uh, updated release slate. Uh, the studio previously reserved January 12th date uh, that year for a Marvel film, most likely Deadpool 2, 2, 2, tool, whatever, pull 2, yes. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, date is being claimed for Fox's uh, final Maze Runner uh, film. The, what is it? The Death Cure? Yes. Uh, the Mystery X-Men film will now hit theaters on March 2nd of 2018, taking the spot of being previously reversed for Shane Black's The Predator film that will uh, likewise now launch on a different day in 2018. Uh, but what else have we got? Uh, there's supposedly in the works uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. Of course, Ant-Man and Wasp uh, from from Marvel Studios coming out in the near future. And a Jurassic World sequel. That's as much as I can read out on that. Yeah, well, I, well, I, yeah, <laughs> well, we don't want to read it all. We want to direct people to the no. I think I think that's probably enough. That's at screenrant.com. Forward slash, and then it's uh, um, Fox Marvel X Men movies. But I think uh, Mike had one other piece of Marvel news he wanted to just uh, yeah. include. 
One of this was a huge bit of news when it was announced within this past month, and that's uh, from Anthony and Joe Russo, the directors of several Marvel movies. Currently, they were the directors of Captain America Civil War, but they're the directors of the upcoming Avengers Infinity Wars movies, which up until recently have been called Part 1 and Part 2, two different movies releasing in two different years. First one releasing in 2018, then the next one in 2019. But they announced that they, the movies will be retitled. They won't keep the Part 1 and Part 2 subtitles, and that's to reflect that these movies are not meant to be th- that sort of continuity. They're not supposed to be you know, Part 1, Part 2. They're, they're, they're going to be different, d- different tones of stories, not necessarily just you know one huge movie broken up into two pieces. So... We don't have the official titles, the new official titles yet, but uh, knowing that these now now that we know that these two movies will be completely different in tone, uh, it'll be neat to see where they go with this because uh, I I was just assuming that it would just be one huge story broken up into two movies with uh, what Ant Man and Wasp and uh, Captain Marvel and those two movies in between, but now that we know this, even more speculation. So. There's that bit of news. Infinity War in parts one and two yet to be renamed. I, I think it's I, I think it's good if if this uh, that you've read Ian is 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 right in as much as the, they are responding to like you say with the the fact that Deadpool was such success that they that they're actually prepared to re. I mean, obviously money talks, but they are actually prepared to do it. Uh, same case has been could be made for. Things happening on TV as well. Isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, like uh, the the um, uh, spoilers, but like in uh, Daredevil, the Punisher uh, character uh, made a, a a very big impact on that series, and uh, so um, you know, there's definitely I think being greenlighted a, a Punisher series. The, um, the Supergirl. That, thank you. The Supergirl series uh, has done so well that. Um, the crossovers with, uh, with again, without being too spoilish, I hope, because I haven't seen it myself, but, uh, you know, crossovers with uh, Arrow, uh, not Arrow, with uh, Flash. Uh, I mean, is there anything you can say about TV series without being too spoilish, Ian? Actually, yes, I can. Um, Recently, Supergirl was uh, cancelled. But, but, big news, uh, excuse the dogs in the background, uh, big news is that it has been moved to the CW. Uh, it had previously been on what was it, CBS? Sounds right. Yeah, CBS. CBS. Um, it has been now moved, of course, to to the CW. So it'll now come on to under the um, in, into the into the same fold as as Flash and Arrow and uh, Legends Tomorrow. And uh, so. A brighter future for for more crossovers, of course. Um, so that's that's interesting news right there. That that and I, and I is is it uh, helmed by the same? It, it's a Berlanti production, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, well, well, unfortunately, we our experts are not with us today. But yes, um, <laughs> we're we're missing a few experts in the comic comics universe. Uh, um, Mr. Darth Skeptical is not here, and, and, and Ken and Cuddly Ken is not here, who would uh, normally back us up on these facts. And Rick, and to be fair, Rick knows quite and a bit about these things. As well, yes. So, uh, yeah. 
So if we're wrong, just yell at yell at your speaker. Uh, we'll we'll hear you. Yes. So yeah, that's that's been some interesting news from the world of it was a, a little hairy there for a while because uh, you know uh, they delayed the decision on whether they were continuing with Supergirl or not, and of course the news came out that they were not. Um, and but now now it's been moved to CW. It's a it's a better home for it. And I'm hoping, too, that because it's been moved to the CW, that uh, they will now start streaming it on Hulu along with uh, Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> so I'll be able to watch it. I, ha I can watch it, but I can only watch it on on, uh, on Comcast. Um, On-demand uh, feature, which uh, the... The the quality is not as good as watching it on Hulu. Right, right. Well, I was, I was yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to mention James Wan next, but let me just while we're on the TV, let me just um, cover a couple of things. First of all, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's some great programs on from both sides of uh, the Atlantic. I mean, just just not news really, but I mean, at the moment, I'm uh, well, I'm rewatching Breaking Bad, so that's not really counted. But um, um, uh, I'm watching Game of Thrones. Season five, but I, I realise that season six is upon you in the states. Uh, I'm watching Orphan Black on Netflix, uh, which I thought had suddenly ended midway through season four. I thought, oh no, they cancelled it. But the thing is, I've caught up and I'm now watching the episodes weekly. That is a fabulous series. Season four of uh, Persons of Interest uh, is also uh, grabbing my attention. But here in the UK. Um, there's a number of things. There's the third and final series of Peaky Blinders, which is marvellous. And on a personal note, Ian, uh, you remember that where my daughter had a, a wedding was one of the venues that they used in Peaky Blinders, the uh, uh -huh. the swimming baths um, yeah. uh, there. Um, that That's uh, absolutely brilliant. But, um, uh, for instance, yesterday here in the UK, the, I think, third and final series of uh, The Musketeers started on BBC One. Um Cult TV of sorts, but not in the same field, is um, uh, Top Gear, uh, apparently screened in uh, 187 countries. There are not many more than that in the world. So, you know, um, it, uh, with by Matt LeBlanc was on the Graham Norton show, and he was saying that it launches here in the UK. In fact, as we speak, it's starting in four minutes here in the UK. I've got it recording. Uh, Matt LeBlanc said on the Graham Norton show that by Wednesday it will have been seen in 86 different countries. Only six episodes it appears to be. The um, the old Top Gear uh, team, by the way, their their series is going to be called the Grand Tour, which um, I think it seems as though they've you know they've made the jokes about any name will do, but apparently I think it's because the initials are GT and. Uh, in, in motoring world, GT stands for Gran Turismo, and uh, that's what they're going to be doing, going from country to country in these sort of fast cars. So I think they've picked it for uh, not so much the Grand Tour name, but the initials that that makes for a useful um, title for them. Um, a couple of other things while I'm doing that. There's um, a Russell T. Davis um, Midsummer Night's Dream uh, on Monday here in the UK, um, uh, a Shakespeare's adaption of that. Um, we've got um, also um, uh, Versailles, a uh, historical bodice-ripping drama starting um, 
on BBC Two on Wednesday, uh, costume drama. Um, so that's something to look out for. Again, by Russell T. Davis. Um, lots of things really that's happening. But um, I just wanted to get those in while we're talking TV. I mean, the, uh, I mean, do do you two guys just want to mention what's catching your attention on TV at the moment? I'm, I'm assuming, Ian, with you, it's it's Flash and Supergirl, is it? Uh, for me, it's it's it, it's Flash, Arrow, um, Gotham. Of course, just had its uh, season finale. The, all three of those have actually just had their season finales. Um, I have not seen the Arrow season finale yet, um, um, but it's been a pretty exciting build-up towards the end of, of, of all of those shows. Uh, was a little disappointed by the the um, the, the Gotham season finale. I'm not going to say anything about it because, of course, that's spoilerish. Yeah. And it just happened, and I actually managed to get spoiled by um, a friend. I don't think they, they didn't do it on purpose. They just posted a link to an article, and of course the the article had like two the the link to the article had like two lines, and of course, um, in in those two lines contained spoiler information, which I was not expecting. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm I'm well in on all of that stuff. Uh, as I said earlier, I've I've been involved in a, a play, so uh, really enjoying a lot of these shows on streaming content. Um, apparently, uh, as as far as streaming goes, uh, Hulu is in a deal uh, at the moment. I don't know exactly when they're planning on launching this, uh, of basically having content available as it screens. So uh, things like uh, Flash and Arrow, you'll be able to watch as soon as, you know, as it comes on, you'll be able to watch it live, a live stream. Um, Whether that means they will have the content then available after the fact, because normally you have to wait about 24 hours for any content to become live after it's screened on on the the channel of its origin. one of the great, uh, another thing about uh, streaming content, Netflix has made a deal with Disney uh, to become the home for a lot of its movies. So what this exactly means as far as um, what arms of Disney we'll see, I mean, we'll, we, we, you know, we're guaranteed that we're going to get some uh, animated uh, content, but will we see things like Star Wars? Uh, will we see things uh, from the Marvel Universe showing up? Um, it's 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 yet to yet to come to fruition, but uh, it has been announced. Also, Orange is the New Black. It's kind of out there on the outskirts of our cult viewing. It's it's my viewing, um, but uh, it's coming. Uh, its fourth season is coming in June, um, and also June's a good month for dinosaur fans. As Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Park: The Lost World. Uh, sorry, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park. Three uh, will be all be available on June first. So if you want to do a little catch up before you uh, uh, you you go and watch the Jurassic was it Jurassic World? I still haven't seen that. So, um, but uh, yeah, a lot of things coming coming to to, to Netflix June first. So um, if you go over to usmagazine.com, uh, they've got a, a full list of everything that's coming. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I'm watching. Nothing really. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually watching uh, a lot of reality shows because my 
wife is is getting caught up on all of her reality shows, so I managed to get sucked into things like Top Chef. And there is a it, it's it's slightly sci-fi related. It's called Skin Wars. Um, for those of you who followed, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the sci-fi show uh, Face Off. Um, it's along the same lines as those, as those uh, except it's body painting. Um, so that's a, an interesting show that I've been kind of watching and uh, co-hosted by uh, um, RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race. And um, I'm trying to remember her name. She was from the X-Men movies. She played uh, Mystique in the original three. Oh, um yeah, is it the 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 girl Rebecca was in element? Yeah, it was in Re- Element Five or whatever mm. with Bruce Rebecca Willis. Romaine. Yeah. No, you're, uh, the Fifth Element. No, that's um, that's somebody else. Oh right, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'm glad that uh, Netflix have made a, another agreement with a with a film company because uh, they lost uh, our, our ended a, a contract before that that meant certainly in the UK we lost a lot of. Uh, uh, new movies, but uh, Disney's got reinvigorated, really, hasn't it? Because now you mentioned the cartoons, but they're they're going into a lot of uh, live action. A lot of the the stories they brought out, um, you know, they did Cinderella's live action. They, they did the Alice one. Now they've got Alice through the Looking Glass as a live adventure, and mm. what looks really good, the um, the Jungle Book, isn't it, as a, a live adventure? I've seen the trailer to that, and it, it looks stunning the way they've they've done that. Uh, Mike. What, before I get on to this other stuff with Bond and so on, uh, is there anything you're particularly following at the moment? There is, actually. This is a, an announcement that came at the very end of April. So so right after our um, last episode. But over on the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time Google Plus page, uh, the wife of the, of, the, of the late author, Robert Jordan, was teasing an announcement as our last, last episode was going on. And that announcement was revealed that legal issues concerning the movie and TV rights to the Wheel of Time have been resolved. And that a, a quote, cutting, let's, reading from the announcement here, Legal issues have been resolved. The Wheel of Time will become a cutting-edge TV series. Couldn't be more pleased. We look forward to the, for the official announcement coming soon from a major studio. That's all that the announcement reads. But uh, a bit of backstory here. Uh, ever since 2004, uh, the, the moving TV rights to the Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. Of course, I'm a fan. Randall Thor is the name that comes from that. Um, the, the, the movie and TV rights to that have been tied up with a company, production company known as Red Eagle Entertainment. And even when the author, Robert Jordan, was still alive, he hated that company. They did not get along. They just stalled on the the production company stalled on all of their production efforts for any sort of adaptation of this. At some point there was, there was a, there were talks with Sony to do a a movie adaptation of the first book of the wheel of time. Then NBC universal, we're going to do a a TV miniseries adaptation. None of that happened. And around a year ago, Red Eagle Entertainment were going to lose their rights. The, the, the rights to, were set to expire because they hadn't done anything, made any official production. So the week that their rights were set to expire, they w- did a really, really backhanded maneuver where they aired a 
pilot, supposed pilot for a series. They just made this really quickly and aired it at 1.30 in the morning on FXX Network uh, during paid programming time. This was like a Friday morning or whatever, very, very early Friday morning, late, late Thursday night. And it was a 30-minute episode. They did not mean to do any sort of TV adaptation. They just did this to keep the rights because making this an airing, it would renew their rights. Harriet McDougall, the wife of Robert Jordan, she took them to court over this. And this announcement settles all of these unanswered questions we've had since then of where do things, where do things stand? And this is the answer to that, that Red Eagle apparently no longer have the rights to this. Rights are now belonging to a yet unnamed major studio. We don't even know what network this will air on. Some people are are, are contemplating, discussing whether or not it will air on HBO, you know, Game of Thrones, um, Dragon Mount, sort of the unofficial spokespiece of uh, the, the of the Robert Jordan here at McDougal. Uh, the, the the major Wheel of Time fan side have claimed that no, it will pro- the uh, HBO will not be the destination for this. Some people are speculating Netflix. Netflix would be a good destination for this. They don't have a Game of Thrones uh, contender, a Game of Thrones-esque show. And Wheel of Time would be a high drama fantasy series to compete with with, with Wheel, uh, Game of Thrones. Definitely. Although, having read the books, I could tell you that it, that it would severely, if you're going into it expecting the same sort of sex scenes that uh, Game of Thrones have, you'll be severely disappointed because that doesn't fit the tone of Wheel of Time at all. Um, But details still forthcoming on this. Major studio involved. That has me excited. That means that there's going to be some actual effort put into this other than the hackneyed pilot rights move that Red Eagle did last year. That episode is called Winter Dragon, and you can still find it on YouTube, it's terrible. Billy Zane was in it, and they just kept mispronouncing names every few every few lines. But uh, this, I'm looking forward to seeing what they where they go with this because I'm a huge Wheel of Time fan, and the series is a bit too dense to be done properly on TV. But with a major studio backing it, I'm excited. I'm I can't wait to see where they go with this. Oh, thanks for that. that, that that's going to be a good segue to what I'm going to talk about next. But um. Certainly these uh, streaming sites now are becoming major players. They're putting, I mean, one of the, the things that Netflix said when they cut down their film content was that they're, they're, you know, they, were, they were becoming actual creators of content as well, you know, not just one headline-grabbing thing. And uh, as we know, we've already mentioned, uh, we, we can't wait to get uh, back doing some commentaries, particularly on the Better Call Saul. But uh, that segue links a little bit to the next thing I wanted to talk about before we finally go on to Doc 2 we, we did say we we're going to run short well uh, an hour and a half might be classed as short for today but um, <laughs> um, another yeah um, okay uh, let me do the Bond thing and then I'll ask you about that two things about one one is that um, there's um, um, Sam Mendes uh, on the BBC News site uh, Mid Wales is a convention going on and uh, Hey on why and uh, a literary event, uh, but uh, Sam Mendes was commenting about all the speculation that's been going on about who will be the next Bond because uh, you know uh, uh, Daniel Craig has basically said he'd rather walk on cut glass or something than play the part again. Uh, I'm not too sure why, but um, uh, that was tied up. Uh, MGM was tied up with things where they didn't get the Bond franchise going for some time, and it seems to be you know 
basically almost three years between each Bond film if you yeah, add them up. So um, it looks unlikely, unless it's employed by Daniel Craig to get more money, um, that they are casting. So um, um, let me just read a little bit from the BBC News site. Casting the next James Bond is not a democracy, the director Sam Mendes says at the Hay Festival. Um, he's directed two Bond films, of course, starring Daniel Craig. He said that despite media speculation about Daniel Craig's successor, the film's producers would ultimately choose the next 007. Uh, there's constant debate in the press about who's going to be the next Bond. The, the truth is, here's the headline, it's not a democracy. It's not the X Factor, not the EU referendum, it's not a public vote. Barbara Broccoli, you know, the daughter of Chubby Broccoli, chooses who... Chubby, Cubby, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, you're right. Chooses who's going to be the next Bond end of story. However, before that was said, we'd had a polling. Oh, we're always ahead of the game, you yeah, and me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Facebook page, the Cotton Collective Facebook page, um, we put a poll up there. You choose who you would pick to be the next James Bond. And the voting, uh, as is at the moment, um, for eight votes, there is, is Tom Hiddleston, uh, just pipping out Idris Elba with uh, seven votes. Anybody but Benedict Cumberpatch. Cabbage Patch, uh, <laughs> with five votes, two for Michael Fassbender, two for Aidan Turner, and one for Henry Cavill. Cavill, is it? Uh, and the other one name that was mooted was Tom Hardy, but no votes there. Uh, I must admit that uh, I changed my vote from Edris Elba, who I thought, you know, from Luther really would make a bond, but um, I saw Aidan Turner in a... Um, you know, and then there were none, a fantastic uh, Agatha Christie remake of the Agatha Christie book. And in scenes in that, they dress up for dinner and he's in a dinner suit and, and, and looking every bit the um, the James Bond character to me. So I would definitely vote for, well, I did vote for Aidan Turner. Uh, but that poll will stay up for a little bit longer. It's pinned on our Facebook page. So the other things I've got to talk about now is some uh, audio news about Doctor Who is. So do you want to cover your other item, you said? Yes, yes. Well, um, it's most recently, uh, well, recently, Towel Day came and went, uh, celebration of, of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and, of course, um, Douglas Adams. Um, what followed from there is uh, some, some unexpected news. Um there's going to be more Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on the radio. Yes, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is set to return to BBC Radio 4. More than a decade since the show last aired in 2005, a new season of the sci-fi comedy has been commissioned. The sixth season is expected to be titled The Hexagonal Phase, um, and it will be based on the uh, the novel And Another Thing, which was authored by uh, Ian Coulter. Um Dirk Maggs, of course, is going to be overseeing um, the, the whole production, and he com uh, confirmed the series has been commissioned, but plans are still being put together. Uh, what precise form it will take and who ex uh, who exactly will be involved is yet to be confirmed. I wouldn't dream of doing it without approaching the original cast, but it's way too early to do that yet. Yet I'm happy to be returning. Uh, it'd be great to get the band back together. Uh, which will probably be for the last time. 
Uh, season six is expected to air in 2017. So there you go. Brand new Hitchhiker's Guide. Based, of course, on... And one last thing. Oh, sorry. And another thing, I mean. Ah. Which I've got on my ah. bookshelf and I still never read. I still haven't read it. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, oh, good, good. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, we've. Uh, I think we can. We may wrap up about the one-hour mark. So let me just uh, move on to um, Doctor Who um, is back on audio. The current Doctor officially, the sixth Doctor returns to the airways. Colin Baker becomes the current Doctor again on the British Airways on BBC Radio Four Extra. Uh, now I'm telling you about this. Um, the first part aired this day or so, but it is available internationally, of course. Radio is internationally. It's not uh, blocked by country. And I think it's going to be available for the next uh, 28 days. It's a two-part story called The Crimes of Thomas Brewster. So um, um, uh, let me just talk about this. It's, um, uh, it's um, The story features uh, Maggie Staples as the Doctor's long-time audio companion, Evelyn and stars David Troughton as Raymond Gallagher. And here's a little uh, one-and-a-half-minute clip for a one-hour recording. Doctor Who, starring Colin Baker and Maggie Staples. The Crimes of Thomas Brewster by Jonathan Morris. Part One. Mosquito, by the look of it. Evelyn, watch out! Oh, that was close. Seems to have singled oh. us out for attention. Careful, get down! Can't even make a quiet visit to the Tower of London without being zapped at by an alien robot bug. Do I detect a complaint? No, just a passing observation. You are... Don't suppose we're the reason it's here, do you? I do. The question is, why? What? Why is it trying to kill us? Does it really matter? Of course it matters. We can't risk innocent lives being lost in the crossfire. Then what do you suggest? Draw it off. Are you with me, or are you staying here? Well, someone has to keep you out of trouble, don't they? Hi. Yes, you up there with the wings. Well, what are you waiting for? Come and get me! It spotted us. Yes, getting ready to strike. Come on. And that's just obviously a little bit of a taste of that. But um, also um, this weekend sees the repeat. It's from the 50th anniversary programme, Who Made Who? Uh, presented by Tracy Ann Oberman, um, featuring a variety of interviews. So I've got a few little clips here. The actual programme is three hours long. So um, I think we can uh, we can take more than one little clip from this. So I'll just uh, play them and... Um, and then see if anybody wants to make a comment after. But here's the first clip. I'm John Lloyd, and I'm probably best known for three programmes that I produced in the 80s, Not the Nine O'Clock News, Spitting Image, and Blackadder. These days, I'm the series producer on a show called QI with Stephen Fry and Alan Davis that I started um, in the early years of this century. I'm Charlie Hickson, and I'm a writer, and also I make comedy. 
I worked on another big franchise, a uh, British franchise, which was James Bond. I wrote a series of young James Bond books. Um, but also, a lot of people will know me for making comedy, particularly the Fast Show in the 1990s. In 1963, the younger John Lloyd was at a prep school in Hampshire, and I remember seeing the very first episode of Doctor Who and being absolutely catatonic with fright. I was a child in the 60s, and I can't actually quite believe that I was. When I see sort of TV news footage and newsreel footage of the 60s, it looks like about a thousand years ago, and I can't quite believe that I was a, there was a child then, and I can't quite fit my childhood memories into being part of all that that went on. It was the most extraordinary thing, and, and seemed completely innovative. Everything from the signature tune to the casting of William Hart and all the subject matter was absolutely fabulous, and of course, I've been a fan ever since. I think I saw the first William Hartnell Doctor Who series, but I don't know. One's memories get very confused, but I definitely used to watch the William Hartnell Doctor Who and then graduating on to Patrick Troughton and on down the years to where we are now. One had heard nothing like it. The sound of the radiophonic workshop was just completely unique. These days, it's hard to grasp how unsettling it must have been. One thing the 1960s doesn't have is spoilers because it doesn't have Wi-Fi, the past really is a foreign country. And, yeah, uh, I, I, just before I play the next clip, um, the program, uh, programs included in the three-hour special are On the Outside It Looked Like an Old-Fashioned Police Box, The Reunion, Doctor Who, Dance of the Daleks, and Whatever Happened to Susan Foreman. Here's the second clip. Were the target writers guided by the episodic structure of the TV series? Did they write mini cliffhangers within chapters? Did they expand the original story, or did they keep it tight and cut the padding? David J. Howe. During the period that the Target books were being published, Doctor Who was on television as a weekly episodic series. So every week you would have an adventure, and you would end with a cliffhanger. And the idea of the cliffhangers was very central to Doctor Who's concept. There were very few other television series which had a cliffhanger every week that kind of kept you watching. And this made the books, of course, very exciting to read because every few chapters you would have a massive cliffhanger which made you want to read on. The laboratory was flooded with glaring light and Sarah found herself leaning over not the Doctor but a monstrosity so horrible she clapped her hand over her mouth to stifle a scream. Did you feel, in terms of the production of broadcast scripts, that you wanted to maintain them as closely as possible to the, the broadcast ones, or was it a, a wonderful chance to elaborate you know, because the special effects budget in your head is obviously greater than on the screen. It's both, really. In the beginning, when I was writing far fewer, I would expand things that were in the original script, yeah. you know, or invent incidents that were fecal to another incident or mm -hmm. something. So there'd be stuff in them that wasn't in the scripts. But gradually, as the pressure increased, and I say it, it did get down to one a month, you know, I decided that the purpose of the book was to reproduce the show in the reader's head. See, because in those days, you didn't get any repeats. Yeah. So if you missed the show, you missed it. You were not going to get a chance to see it again. Mm -hmm. And I think you recognise a couple of those voices there, but David J. Howe, of course, uh, uh, we've mentioned before, he's uh, Mark Talos Publishing, and uh, he's married to Sam Stone, the uh, writer of uh, horror books, and 
I think um recognise the other voice, Christopher um I've forgotten his name now, I had it written down a minute ago. Christopher H. Bidme. Oh, it's um Oh that online me now. You do recognise his voice. Anyway, I'll play clip three while I think. Determined to get it right. When he got it wrong, he was angry with himself, and it made him play it in a certain way. I found it fascinating. It grew and grew and grew, and it, by the end, by the time he left uh, the show, I, it had almost become a parody of itself, I suppose. Uh, I, I loved him. I, for me, he's always the Doctor. There'll never be another. I, I do think there have been better actors playing Doctor Who, but none as good as Bill. In fact, were most of the episodes recorded as live? In other words, that there wasn't much room for editing. There, were only, there was only enough in the budget for about three edits. Mm. Now, that's absurd, but it meant that if something went wrong, you couldn't do it again. <laughs> if Billy made a mistake, which he did often, bless his heart, in my favourite one, uh, in The Myth Makers, when we're, we're in Troy, and they're worshipping him as a god, and he stands up and he says, No, I'm not a dog! A god! <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it went out. <laughs> that's actually how it went out. Okay, um, come on. We've, somebody should have put that in text by now. Yeah. It's Tone Sticks, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's Tone Sticks. Yeah, Tone yeah, Sticks. Well, I didn't know okay. were, which, which voice you were referring the, to. The, yeah. the one with the slight list. Slight list. Yeah, that's yeah. uncool. <laughs> yeah. All right, last. Well, I was distracted by some, by some other news. <laughs> All right. News will well, never end. A final clip, and then I'll. Uh, uh, we'll just have a little talk about it for just a couple of minutes. If ever there was a sound that summoned up the idea of a malignant radioactive alien motoring inside a metal casing, surely this is it. But Carey's music also underscored the activities of monoids, varga plants and the gunfighters at the OK Corral. And in those days, composers worked without the luxury of being able to see the images they were supposed to be enhancing, as the composer Dudley Simpson recalls. The director's instructions would be very vague because they had nothing to show me but a script. There were no videos at the time, and the director would say, this needs about 15 seconds, and dubbing it in the studio, the music would have to be sliced or even lengthened. It was pretty primitive. In 1963, the programs were made literally in camera, straight to tape, so the music was recorded before the studio sessions and was played to the actors into the studio while the programme was being made. So the beginning of Unearthly Child, when they're creeping around the junkyard, the first time we ever heard the fantastic Doctor Who theme, they would have been hopefully inspired by that to be a little bit more creepy in the way they were creeping around. Doctor Who, certainly in its early days, was struggling for money. So they would look at the stories coming up and they would say, well, maybe the design's not going to cost us quite as much so we can employ a composer to write an original score. Or we don't have the money, so let's use some library music. Some directors make fantastic use of it. I mean, if you listen to Tomb of the Cybermen, for instance, the music score of that could have been written for it. The Cybermen, bursting from their frozen tombs, a visual nightmare set to a crazy bongo rhythm. And I think uh, from those little clips, that should give you a taste of this is a really uh, worthwhile listen to. It's Who Made Who. It's on the BBC radio player uh, from uh, BBC4 Extra. The link's in the room. If you go to chatgrabber.com, put in call ID 54821, look up episode um, 
310 as this episode is and you'll see all the links the last link i've just put in is to the bbc radio site so brilliant really i've listened to about uh two-thirds of that now and i've really enjoyed as i say first aired for the around the 50th anniversary so ian and mike do you want to either make comments on any of that or does it does it cover it does it cover just the early part of doctor who it's mainly about the classic, and then the last bit is um, it's called a mockumentary, starring Jay Nasher and Andrew Sachs, examines the life of Susan Foreman, the Doctor's granddaughter, through a realistic lens of a researcher, conducting an interview with a subject. So yes, it's 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 basically uh, about that, and of course you heard uh, 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 presenter Peter Purves, who played Stephen talking there about uh, and he does a good impression of William Hartnell in in one of the clips so it, yes it's mainly about classic who excellent Mike, Mike anything nothing I can think of to add you have I was sure you were going to say it, back when Doctor Who was great or something like that back when Doctor Who was on the air yeah that's what I was expecting <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, that, that's uh, my cheek clean. I've uh, run out of chalk, run out of voice. Uh, Ian, you had one more thing? Yes, um, just came across this on... on uh, well, I, I guess part of it was uh, announced on May 25th. This weekend, of course, in Orlando is uh, Megacon. Um, large, 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 large convention. Basically a big old meet and greet. Um, we get to... Um, Meet all sorts of, uh, of of your fan favorites from from all sorts of science fiction and cult TV shows. Uh, one of the guests who's there this weekend uh, is Billy Piper, and she just announced on stage that she will be joining. Um, she will be coming back to Megacon, but not Megacon in Orlando. Megacon is actually launching a a, a new Megacon for Tampa Bay, which is actually a lot closer to me. It's only about an hour and a half away instead of about two and a half, three hours from where I live. Uh, so this is good news. Uh, the even better news is that um, joining Billy Piper in Tampa will be David Tennant. Um, I believe this is the first time David's actually been to a Megacon, so this will be great. And uh, so who knows, maybe... Uh, it's October 28th through 30th of, of 2016 this year. Carl um, uh, Orban will also be there and uh, William Shatner. Uh, there's a lot more to be announced um, over the coming months. Uh, you can check out uh, Megacon Tampa Bay on Facebook uh, and also megacontampabay.com uh, for more information as it happens. So um, that, that's great news for me. Um, because my wife is a huge David Tennant uh, fan, and so ho hopefully that means we might actually end up going. And uh, that'd be cool to get get to meet him. So yeah, um, I keep finding news. That's what happens when I, when Dave starts talking, my mind starts wandering. <laughs> oh. Well, while, while while you decide whether that you want to bring that in, because we've just hit the one hour mark, Cybob uh, said did that. They did have more news. Yeah, well, yeah. Let me just read what Cybob's put in, and then you can say it. Huh? Uh, 
that he did enjoy the clips and he listened back to it on the anniversary year. Very interesting insight. So I think it gets Cybob's thumbs up there. There you go. Um, actually, I don't recall when this article came out. I think it was last week that I stumbled across it, uh, including um, uh, including this article were comments from uh, Stephen Moffat. And one of the things we were guessing about last month was uh, where the new companion is from in time. And ah. it will be uh, from uh, present day, unfortunately. Um, everybody was wondering because she was wearing kind of you know, 80s, 90s garb, uh, and so people were, were positing that uh, that she may be from, you know, past, but unfortunately she's not. She's but, uh, right. Yeah. And I was, I was the one that thought uh, fashion was up to date. It looked up to date to me, and everybody said on the show, no, Dave, that's 10, 20 years out of date. I thought, well, that's where my fashion is. <laughs> 20 years out of date. I've got shirts that old. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently, too, uh, another article I've just stumbled upon. Um, it, it was just published yesterday on Doctor Who TV, uh, uk. Uh, series 10 uh, starts filming in July and will be mostly one-parters. Uh, Stephen Moffat says the new, uh, in in the new issue of uh, Doctor Who magazine that we're going back to more singles. Two parters worked out brilliantly last year, but somehow with the new companion, you want a simpler version of the show. But last year, the Doctor and Clara had been there for so long, and it was uh, a complicated relationship by then, so we needed bigger stories. Oh, so, I like the inference. We'll, we'll have some two parters, but mostly going back to one parter. The inference there is they may be going back to smaller stories as well, which would would suit a lot of fans, wouldn't it? Implication. Implication. Now, oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. The trivia man's back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. oh, Are you having a garage sale on your info today or something? Well, this is is a personal one. Um, (laughs) I... uh, Recently purchased the Lego Dimensions Doctor Who level pack. I don't know if I, I had bought this when when I talked to you all last, uh, but it was a lot of fun, and it's still a lot of fun. Um, I've I've done most of the things that you can do in the new Doctor Who level. Um, I've still got to go through it again, of course, and enjoy it again, and pick up all the little bits and pieces that you don't get when you're playing with a five-year-old. Uh, <laughs> who tends to want to hurry you through everything. Um, but there's some great things you can do with Lego Dimensions, the Doctor Who pack. Uh, you can fly the TARDIS around. You can also go inside the TARDIS, and uh, depending on which Doctor you are, depends on which console you see, version of the console you see. So that's that's some great stuff. Uh, and you can ride around on K9 and blast with his laser. And uh, my son, of course, said, he's got laser eyes. I said, no, he's got a laser nose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I strongly recommend uh, Lego Dimensions, uh, which has re- recently had its price reduced, uh, and the Doctor Who pack is, is, is worth the money. I don't know what our next pack will be, 
there's a bunch of packs out there from Ghostbusters to uh, Portal. Um, I'd expect the Portal one to be on my on my wish list. Um, and of course, there's a Back to the Future level pack as well. It's Marty McFly, the DeLorean, um, and uh, a hoverboard. Mm. So, yeah, it's 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 a really good game if you're into that kind of, you know, into the the Lego games especially. Um, but it's one of the probably more enjoyable experiences I've had with a Doctor Who based video game, even though it's not strictly Doctor Who based. You know, um, it basically in this you get Doctor Who, uh, the Doctor um, interacting with um, with Batman and Wildstyle and uh, Gandalf, <laughs> and you know, there's just that neat kind of experience of of you know the Doctor riding around on K9. Um, in Middle Earth, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those absurd things you never thought you'd be doing in a video game, but you do, and it's fun, and uh, it's fun for the kids too. So you know, there's there's hours of entertainment. My my son um, keeps uh, keeps asking me, you know, can we get to, can we play Lego Dimensions? And he's happy if we just go around, you know, collecting coins and stuff. So you don't have to do anything too intensive with it. It's you know. Put it on for an hour or two and just go around and, and do all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, it's uh, you can uh, Lego or whoever uh, is responsible for it can feel free to send me uh, any of the the level packs you so desire. I'll review them on this show uh, for free, absolutely for free. Uh, it, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, it might work. You never know. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> but I, th I think I'm actually done now. I don't think I've got any more stunning uh, news releases. Or, or... But give me five seconds on Facebook, and I'm sure I'll find something else. <laughs> well, I, I just found one on Facebook. David Bickerstaff has just uh, put a picture of, uh, um, let's say, a very pleased-looking um, fifth doctor holding up a certificate of Guinness World Book records most popular Doctor Who story Caves of Androzani and he's got a, a finger in a prominent position and I think it might be his response to why he wasn't on the 500th cover of Doctor Who magazine maybe I don't know just a guess uh, but uh, yes he's looking uh, very satisfied indeed uh, and it must be some convention in London at the moment now wasn't it a, didn't they get a A Guinness certificate for for the 500th issue. Ah, uh, uh, right. He might be bragging that he got one first, then. Right. Anyway, Peter Davison is holding one up uh, with a very gleeful expression uh, on his face uh, on Facebook. So let me just uh, see if uh, Mike has a final word. We're very glad to have had you back on audio. Cybob stayed with us all the way through the show, but we're about to wrap up. So uh, anything you want to uh, mention or announce, uh, Mike, and then we'll play ourselves out, I think. Well, the only thing I can think of to announce is, hey, I'm back on audio. That means I can be back on trivia, and I think I owe you, 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 you lot two quizzes. And I have that very secret round that I've got ready to go. And I can't wait to see how it goes on trivia. So and it's a round that I've never actually done 
before on trivia. No, no, no round like it has ever been done on trivia before, and I think it'll. Go, I think it'll go over well. Hope it'll go over well, and I can't wait to see, you know, just how it goes. So, teasing, hyping my next night of hosting trivia there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, we've had. Go on. I'm sure it'll be copied numerous times after as well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that of course is Jeff the Seventh Doctor's Friday Night Quizmasters. Call ID um, one three six four five six on Fridays. We had a break from it uh, last week, but that should be back uh, Friday at nine p.m. Eastern. Oh, and just just to add, um, yeah, I was right that uh, that Doctor Who magazine does have a Guinness World Record as the longest running magazine based on a television series, but it actually um, it's held that record since two thousand ten. So it's not a new record; it's it's something that they've held since two thousand ten. Right, so that's uh, yeah. Just Peter Davison's show, and he got he got a world record first, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. right. Well, that about wraps it up for us, I think. Unless Dave's got anything else. No, no. I'm ready to sign us out. All right. Um, we'll be back, of course, next month. Um, and of course, next month, hopefully, we'll be uh, starting up, cranking up the the old uh, Copeland commentaries engine again. And uh, we hope you'll join us for that. And we hope you'll join us live. 26th of June. 26th of June, which I may not be here for. (laughs) I have to check my schedule. I think that might be my last performance date. Um, But I'll I'll let Dave know. It'll be a good show if I'm not here anyway. (laughs) As Dave continues to tell me. So, um, and, and and if you want to join us for that, here's how you do it. I'm going to because I should have played this earlier and I didn't. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID five four eight two one. Call in on seven two four 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 seven four four four. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. There you go, it's as simple as that. So yeah, if you want to join us next month, um, the 26th, as Dave um, so correctly said, uh, we'll be here. Hopefully, you'll be here too. And we look forward to talking to you. And if you're not here, we'll just look forward to talking about you. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. So until then, well, let's let's do the full thing, shall we? It's been a while. Yeah. It's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. It's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. And it's also goodbye from Cybob. Goodbye, everybody. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 